Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you sick and tired of high electricity bills? Anywhere from $200 per month or higher? Do you own a home or business and have been looking for a reputable solar company to give you a no-pressure-free quote? Well, contact Ethical Solar Solutions today and see why hundreds of people are saving thousands of dollars every year making the switch to solar without spending a dime out of pocket. Get your obligation-free quote today. In this episode, we sit down with YouTube and martial arts legend Jeff Chan, also known as MMA Shredded, and we dive deep into his journey in becoming a YouTube influencer in martial arts, as well as sharing some of our craziest travel experiences we've had all around the world. Here is his story. We are live. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back here at Get Lost with Nick Hefke on the Believe Podcast Network. We've got a very, very special guest today. He is the man, Jeff Chan. Jeff, I'm going to allow you to introduce yourself, brother. Uh, thanks, Nick, for having me. Uh, my name is Jeff Chan. And uh, I am a martial artist and I run a YouTube channel where I teach tutorials and I've essentially vlog my martial arts journey. Uh, excuse my voice. I think I have COVID, but I'll find out <laughs> in a day or two. <laughs> I'm praying you don't, brother. I'm praying you don't. I'm praying you're doing okay. And I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, especially if, that you're feeling a little under the weather and that you potentially might have COVID, but still making time for the podcast, for my audience and for your audience. So I'm really looking forward to this episode and I couldn't say thank you enough, brother. So um thanks for having me absolutely so so jeff i wanted to ask you and i wanted to kind of start from how you and i initially got into contact um so i've actually been following you on youtube for quite some time um i love watching your videos i've actually tried using some of your tutorials in some of my sparring and you know some of my traveling throughout thailand and living in the gold coast and training over at Bunchu with john wayne parr so now that I've got you face to face, I wanted to first and foremost say thank you for making that channel. A lot of your content is super fire. Um, I've learned a lot of really interesting techniques that I've been able to apply in sparring. So I wanted to just kind of go into detail about how the YouTube channel came abroad. How did Jeff Chan initially start martial arts? I never had like some special reasoning for for joining martial arts i simply joined the gym because uh, a good friend of mine at the time brought me to train uh, i was 15 or 16 and i just joined muay thai and i kind of fell in love with it at the time as a as a hobby and uh, my coaches at the time really pushed me towards competition so that's why i started competing i had no intention of ever doing this for a living or ever turning pro and um you know one fight after the other, I was doing well. So then my coach was eventually like, oh, you should, you should go fight pro. And at the time, I think I was like 19. So to be like a pro fighter at 19 years old, I was like, oh, okay, why not get paid for it too? So that's basically how I kind of got into it. Um, actually, I always want to get into law enforcement. So growing up, I studied law enforcement, 
did all the volunteering work. I did everything I needed to get into law enforcement. Uh, so I, I was always chasing law enforcement while um, growing as a martial artist. And I pursued martial arts because I thought it would help me in my credentials into getting into policing. So I was chasing both at the same time. And I guess it just worked out. Right now I'm doing just martial arts, just the YouTube life. Uh, but before that, the goal was just law enforcement. So how did I get into YouTube? So do you, have you heard of um, a guy named Sean Fagan, the Muay Thai guy? Yeah, of course. He's from New York. Yeah, so he's an, yep. he's an awesome guy. Shout out to him. Uh, I actually went to Thailand for my first time to go train with him in his first uh, training camp. So nice. I got to hang out with him, got to learn from him. And I was very inspired by what he did because he – does exactly what I do, but with Muay Thai, pure Muay Thai. And uh, yeah, he's the one who motivated me to start my channel. And I actually filmed like my first few videos with his camera. So if you look way back on my channel, you'll see him, the guy with the bald head and the beard in my videos. I love it, dude. I love it. That's badass. So, so I actually am not very educated on where exactly in Thailand he is. I, I actually follow him on Facebook, but I, I'm not familiar with where he actually is in Thailand. Maybe you can walk me through that. Yeah. Uh, well, at the time when I met him, he was still living in New York, but he just held his camp in Thailand. Okay. Very cool. So was that your first time in Thailand or it was, have, it was, okay. His camp was in Bangkok. Bangkok. Okay. Yes, gotcha. So my first time was in Bangkok. Yeah. Okay. So walk me through that trip. You went to Bangkok, you had a goal to go out there and start training with your buddy from the States. You were motivated by what he was currently doing. And you said to yourself, you know what? I could see myself really doing something similar but walk exactly, me through. Not exactly. So I went to Thailand um, and uh, just, just to do the training camp. And then they offered me to fight early on. And uh, so the first week and a half or two, it was just grinding training for a fight. Uh, it was my first fight in Thailand. And um, the fight didn't go very well. I mean, the first round went really well. And then the second round, the uh, Thai fighter, he, he pieced me up. And I got 13 stitches on my face. Mm. And... I literally got, I look like I got hit by a truck. Like remind me later to send you a, a photo on Instagram, like a photo of me. Uh, I looked like I got hit by a truck and um, yeah, I was stitched up and I could not train for the rest of the trip. So it was a month camp and two weeks in, I got busted up in the last two weeks. I couldn't do anything. So I actually, um, I guess that was a good time to kind of, plan and see what we could do about the channel so we spoke about it prior to the fight and he was saying hey man if the, you know if you like what i do you should do it too anybody can do it and um i never thought i would ever start a youtube channel it was the last thing i thought i'd ever do but um just simply him saying hey yeah you can do it you know gave me the motivation to like hey maybe i can never did i actually expect to make a living off of it i kind of started it because Yes, he motivated me, but also because I thought it would be a good way to vlog my martial arts journey. So since then, I started to just film everything that I learned. You know, back in the day when I learned jiu-jitsu, I would take notes. Everyone used to write notes. And I remember, like, writing jiu-jitsu notes. And then, like, two months in, I would go back to read the notes. And I would literally be like, what the hell was I, was I writing? I, haven't, I can't understand what I was writing. So now my new method is if I learn something new, I'll just film it. 
obviously once I get my I've gotten my reps in, I film it and I'll never forget it now because it's on video. Now I, t I take it another step. Once I learn a technique, I'll try to I'll get my reps in. Then I'll try to land in sparring. And then if I land in sparring, well, then now that's my journey. So um, I've treated the channel like a way to vlog my martial arts journey and didn't really expect to make a living out of it or expect anything out of it uh, until like maybe two, three years later. Okay. Dude, that's an awesome story. I mean, Thailand is one of my happy places in life. Um, that's how I initially got my first martial arts start as well, especially oh, in Muay Thai. Um, it was kind of interesting how it all came together because, you know, I actually lived in Thailand for just around nine months to a year on and off. Um, but we'll get into that a little later into the podcast. Mm -hmm. But uh, my martial arts journey in Thailand started up north in Chiang Mai. Okay. Um, where, well, at least Muay Thai anyways. Prior to that, <laughs> this was probably like my 10th or 11th trip in Thailand. Um, oh, yeah. When I, yeah, dude. I was living in the Gold Coast, and when I was going to college out there, uh, a flight from the Gold Coast to Thailand on AirAsia, or um, if you were to take like a Tiger Airway flight to um, Kuala Lumpur, you could usually find a secondary connecting flight for around 200 Australian dollars all up in regard to just the full on trip from the Gold Coast to either Bangkok, Phuket, or you can just go from KL directly over to either Chiang Mai or one of the other bigger name cities in Thailand. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I was currently doing my master's degree okay. and I was doing my master's degree in Australia. And I was sitting around smoking pot with some of my roommates over in the Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. And we were watching this Netflix show called The Get Down. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It was quite a few years ago. And it had a lot of Wu-Tang Kung Fu kind of like vibe to it. So I was about to go to Thailand. I never really have a plan in any of my travels. I always have a one-way flight either in or I have a flight in and a flight out. And then everything else, I just kind of wing it. That's so I'm sitting in KL Airport. If you go on my Instagram, you see the video. I'm sitting in KL Airport and I'm one of the most indecisive human beings you'll ever meet. And I'm sitting there and I've got like a six-hour layover. I'm like, man. What am I going to do in Thailand this time? Usually I just go there, send it, shave years off my life. And this time I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let a random stranger help me make a decision of where I'm going to book my connecting flight. So I go up to this random dude who's sitting down in KL airport. He's having a coffee. And I'm like, hey, man, I just saw this like Kung Fu retreat up in this t in this town called Pai, which is four hours north of Chiang Mai. Uh -huh. It's four hours into the jungle, which is one of the most mystical, amazing places in Thailand. And I saw that they were advertising that you could learn Kung Fu from... Actually, Kung uh, Fu, not Muay Thai? Correct. Kung <laughs> Fu, horse riding, stance, and everything. And it was this English dude who... His name is Master Ian. 
and he learned kung fu in singapore and he went over to tupai and he started this like retreat where you can go out there and you can meditate and you can learn traditional kung fu and you train three times a day and they cook you really awesome northern thai food so i go up to this dude and i'm like hey man i can't decide but maybe you can help me should i either go to uh kotao and do my diving course first or should i go up to pi i've got to book a flight to either chiang mai or um suratani which is one of the connecting areas to be able to get to kotao and and he's like i think you should go and do your dive course i'm like so so I book my flight to Suratani. I get to Suratani. I do my open water course. I meet one of my best friends that I'd met in Puerto Rico about a year and a half ago traveling. And after my dive, I'm sorry? Coincidentally met him or, or planned? New Year's Day, dude. I was, uh, I was coming off a hangover and I was just asking him like, hey man, doing the whole backpacker, get to know each other questions. Where are you from? How long you've been traveling for? Where are you going to next? Long story short, he was from Compton, Los Angeles, and we just hit it off really well. We had the same birthday. I told him all about my traveling, and he's like, do you want to be best friends? I was like, yeah, sounds good. So, So long story short, I finished my dive course, and I'm like, all right, I've got about a week until the semester starts again. And what I used to always do is skip like the first two weeks of my semester, I'd get a doctor's note either in Thailand or Malaysia, just pay them a few baht to be able to, you know, have something believable. And, and I, it worked. Most of my professors were super cool about it in Australia. They're a lot more lenient than what I experienced going to school in the U S and, uh, so I have about two weeks left and I'm like, I'm doing that Kung Fu retreat, dude. I've got to, I've got to. So I fly out to Chiang Mai, I get onto a bus, a little mini bus, pay 150 baht, go all the way up to Pai. I show up at this Kung Fu retreat and dude, it was super badass, man. I was like, I was like, Master Ian, how can I learn how to break concrete or like, you know, bend swords and stuff like that? He's like, I could teach you that. I'm like, take my money, take my money, please. So lo and behold, Throughout that two to three week period, I meet some really awesome people. I learned how to be able to break like little cylinder blocks with our palms. So that was oh, super wow. cool. I've got videos of Master Ian bending like swords with his neck. So feel free to take a look on the Instagram. I'll send you that video as well. Yeah, do. And once I got into the whole motions of training every single day and, you know, trying to really get a grasp for just like the everyday lifestyle of what it is to train in Thailand, I says, you know what? I kind of feel like kicking this up a little bit. So I went down to Chiang Mai and I walked into a gym called Team Quest. I don't know if you're familiar with it I up in Chiang Mai. So I went to che- Team Quest. I, uh, I trained for about three weeks, got my absolute ass kicked. Um, it was a super fun experience. And then from there, I was like, you know what? I'm hooked. And, and then I just started traveling around, continuing in Thailand. The story gets crazy. I'll tell you about the business afterwards. 
And then, uh, well, lo and behold, here we are today. And that's what really got me started in striking and martial arts. And and it was a very interesting story. So That's amazing. And, uh, travel a lot. Oh, dude, for the last... Yeah. For the last almost 10 years we're going on, I've been traveling pretty much five to seven times a year. Um, I've been to Thailand probably, you know, this is going to be about my 29th entry into Thailand. You know, I was always making trips out there and uh, a little travel hack is if you live in the gold or live in Australia and you're looking to either travel to South America, the U.S., the Middle East. What I found anyways is that if you were to book a cheap AirAsia flight either to Singapore, Bangkok, KL, and then book a separate flight from either of those three hubs to either you know the U.S. or I flew to Brazil one time, mm-hmm. I saved like 200 bucks than if I were to have flown directly from Brisbane or Sydney or Melbourne. And um, – I kept constantly going in there, taking a few day like little holidays while I was out there and just having fun partying at good hostels. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm wondering, did you ever have any party experiences over in Thailand? Did you stay at any hostels where yeah. you're out there or was it specifically just training? Specifically just training. Um, I, my traveling experience is not as broad as yours. I'm trying to catch up now. Um, my fiance actually, she's the, person who's has a lot of traveling experience she's been to 65 different how many countries have you been to uh i've been to 66 <laughs> okay so you beat my fiance she's been to 65 no <laughs> yeah that's impressive though dude wow holy crap yeah, but, well you're you're you beat her so that's even more impressive but yes yeah, when i met her uh she kind of opened my eyes to uh traveling and just seeing the world whereas Prior to meeting her, for me, it was just Asia, Asia, train. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then now I find myself in Argentina. And, and actually, it's funny because I, prior to the Argentina trip, I still actually didn't really want to go. I was going to Argentina just to make my fiance happy. But it turned out to be my best trip. It was really oh. fun. Dude, I want to hear all about that. I was I was following you on Instagram. I was commenting on a lot of your Instagram stories. I was like, oh, my God, dude, I've got to go and check that out. I'm heading to Argentina in just under two weeks. And, and I want to hear about your trip, man. I mean, I saw your vlogs. I saw your YouTube videos, and they look super badass. Tell me a little bit about your trip. Um, so the borders just opened there November 1st, so that was good timing. Um, I think we were like some of the first tourists to go since opening up. Uh, so there weren't many tourists there. Um, I would say, you know, it's unfortunate for Argentinians, but the inflation is not so great there. And uh, there's many rates you can get your, uh, or you can exchange. So we, the, the exchange rate is like changing every day. So one day you can get, I think 200 pesos for a dollar. Sometimes it'll go up to 210, sometimes 215, sometimes 150. It's just completely random. So if you exchange your money through Western Union, you'll be able to get a good rate. And I believe I got my rate at like one US dollars for 215, uh, which is crazy. And um, you can get around pretty easily with uh, US dollars or even Australian. Um, I would say the 
best thing about my trip was the food. Steak is really. You're in Brazil, so I'm not. I heard Brazil also has really good meat. Um, so that won't be too much of a surprise for you if you're already in Brazil. I've never been to Brazil, but I also heard there's a lot of meat there. But yeah, I I remember getting a tomahawk steak like this big, and I couldn't even finish for myself, and I eat a lot. I couldn't finish it, and it was only eight dollars USD. Whereas here, if you were to buy it, it would cost at least fifty, fifty, sixty dollars. So wow. um, ate very well. I, I would say like I ate like a king, you know, steak every day. Um, and the wildlife is really beautiful there. A lot of I, a, a, a sea lion kissed me in the face. <laughs> um, got to see whales, uh, penguins. I went horseback riding for the first time in the mountains as well. So a lot of sightseeing, a lot of mountains um, and the glaciers. So I would say those are the highlights of my trip. Dude, that is badass. So exactly where did you go in Argentina? Did you stay in one town? Did you venture off to all different cities? Where where'd you end up? If I had traveled by myself, it probably would have just been Buenos Aires. But because my partner is so good at planning, uh, we first went to El, El Calafate, which is okay. south, like the most south you can get. And that's where you can see like the glaciers. So we did a lot of hiking there. Then we went to El Shalton, which is a hiking town. And then we went to Bariloche. Then we went to um, something pyramid, something um, Porto Madryn. There we go. Okay, beautiful. And then uh, Porto Mir- Pyramid and then Buenos Aires. So the five city uh, towns that we traveled to was more for sightseeing, mountain hiking, and then the last city was for me, which was training. Okay. So, dude, that was definitely one question I was going to ask. And especially for my audience who might have an interest in visiting Argentina, who maybe has not met anybody who's been there or was just dying to go out there, eat steak, have a good time, party, train. What would be some good gyms to go and check out or at least to, to start if, you know, it's your first time in Argentina? I would say if you're in Buenos Aires, I would visit uh, United Flight Center. They're the top guys there, from what I heard at least. And before going to Argentina, I would me- message my uh, – I would shoot like a story being like, hey, guys, I'm going to Argentina. Where would you recommend it? And everyone said United Flight Center. So that was the number one place I decided to go to. Um, another gym would be Calavera Muay Thai. Very, very nice people. And, uh, yeah, those are the t- only two gyms I visited while I was in Buenos Aires. I visited a uh, Beach Jade Life in Porto Madryn. Now, uh, it's a very small town, though. Not many people actually visit Porto Madryn. Uh, it's funny because when I was walking down the street, I had so many stairs, like <laughs> not good stairs. Like people would look at me. Like I remember this young kid. He was sitting in a car, and as I walked by him, he would be like, <laughs> "People were staring at me like I was like an alien." And I later found out um, from one of the scuba divers that was uh, that, that that went with us. Oh yeah, we went scuba diving as well. But um, one of the guys was saying, "Yeah, like the last time I saw an Asian person was like three years ago, and he's only seen two Asian people in that town in his life. So <laughs> clearly, not many Asians go there. So I got a lot of stairs, and it's a very small town. But if you were to go to that uh, town for wildlife, I would visit." BJJ Life, they're uh, super welcoming, and uh, the, the one gym that I trained at. Very cool, man. Very cool. So in Argentina, if you could give three recommendations, just in general, 
right? Either just things to do, places to eat, activities, places to stay, things to avoid, cheat codes that you usually learn from actually visiting the country yourself and learning from mistakes or just like being there and hearing something from the locals. What would they be? Um, with Argentina, I would say the first tip would be um, carry your school bag in front of you and just be very careful. Uh, especially at nighttime, I heard that nothing happened to us, thankfully, but I had random strangers walk on the street, warn us and tell us like, hey, don't wear your school bag or your backpack behind you because people will pick a pocket you. Um, and if you're sitting in a restaurant, don't just leave your phone beside you on the desk or on the table because someone will come and swipe it and run. So you, ha- you have to be very careful. Again, nothing happened to me, but people online in person everyone warned me about it and anybody i would meet would be like oh you're a foreigner make sure you don't keep your phone on your table when you're eating because someone will just swipe it so that would be the number one tip um number two tip would be and i mean this only applies to people who have access to us dollars but use western union to exchange your money because it's crazy because if you have um if you have Canadian dollars, so I went with two of my other friends, and because they only had Canadian dollars, they had a really hard time withdrawing money. So they were actually they they were they didn't have money for for like a week because they couldn't withdraw the money, and we had to <laughs> lend it to them for the time being. Um, and then when they finally did get their money, uh, they weren't able to exchange enough because the Western unions just don't carry that much cash around, um, and I guess because they're not used to the foreigners that are visiting. And uh, if you do have U.S. dollars, you want to carry big bills. So it was weird. He had uh, like a $100 bill, $20 bill, $50 bill. And one of the guys at the restaurants said he could exchange money. And apparently you can exchange money with any restaurants. And if you have a $100 U.S. dollar bill, they'll give you a better rate than if you give them uh, five twenty five or $520 bills. A $20 gotcha. bill is less than a $100 bill. I, I don't know why. But yeah, uh, it's the exchange rate is really weird, and there's like, there's like the uh, official rate, there's like the underground rate, and then there's Western Union. Western Union is the best way to go about it to get the best uh, dollar value. Beautiful, beautiful, brother. I know exactly what you mean. I've been operating in predominantly Australian dollars since I've been in this little limbo state. I mean, I'm in Brazil right now. I'm in uh, Baja, Rio de Janeiro. And um, I'm out here visiting my girlfriend, training as well. So um, I'm out here doing jiu-jitsu over at Gracie Humaita. Um, So Hoist and Conry Gracie, who are two very good friends of mine, uh, they says, dude, when you go out to Rio, if you're looking to make some friends, the best way to do that is jiu-jitsu. Uh, yeah. go, go and check out our uh, one of our gyms out there. This is basically where the mecca and the start of Brazilian jiu-jitsu started. And uh, man, I went up there and I've, I've only trained jujitsu like seven times with Conry, right? I'm a super beginner. And uh, well, I, uh, I got choked out a lot, tapped out a lot. It was, uh, it was a good time. Made some really cool, uh, good friends and met some really cool people. The trainers out here are excellent. And um, I'm out here doing Muay Thai as well. I mean, I've been training Muay Thai now for six years. So I'm a lot more equipped in Muay Thai than I am Brazilian jujitsu. Um, are you familiar with the gym Nova Union at all? Has, has I, that ever I'm, ring a bell? No, no. 
Okay, so that is uh, the same gym that um, Jose Aldo uh, comes oh, out of, nice. Leandro Santos. Um, I'm thinking a few other guys. And and I'm training with two absolute killers. I mean, they're great dudes. Anybody who's looking to go to Rio and train Muay Thai, you've got to go to Nova Union and ask for my brother Jesus and Bruno. These two guys are absolute killers. They train at Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand. Um, Bruno's just got signed by PFLA, so I'm, I'm really excited for that. He's going to do really, really well. I know he will. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm heading out to Argentina, brother. So I'm going to be there for three days and then doing the cruise to Antarctica. So hopefully I can see some penguins and don't die yeah. of hypothermia. And, you know, I'm sure there'll and be some epic adventures. Sorry. For Dude. Oh, you're um, good. You're good. Um, so anyways, I, I had uh, two tips. I got my third tip. And it's funny because you, you just mentioned the whole training thing. I was going to say, go find a gym and train because – no matter where you travel, not just Argentina, but I have found that whenever you visit a gym, you'll meet the most friendly people and the most helpful people. So fortunately my training and hopping to gyms all started at the end of my trip. So I traveled everywhere in Argentina for three weeks and then I visited gyms. But, um, I have, I found that when I first traveled in the first three weeks of Argentina, people were not rude, but not, that helpful just you know so so and then the second i walk into a gym i meet all these nice people i start connecting with everyone instagram meet like 20 new friends people are like oh you, you want to eat good steak i recommend this place you want good coffee wine and then all these people are recommending everything and you get all this help and uh yeah just whether that's in thailand or uh, singapore anywhere you go you go to a gym that's where people are going to open up to you and just you're going to connect with people and you're going to get all the help you need. So yeah, visit a gym for sure. People are the most respectful, humble, kind people. I couldn't agree anymore, brother. And that's one of the, you know, focal aspects of this particular podcast is, you know, for all my audience, especially for your following as well. I mean, for the people who are, might be a little gun shy or nervous to take that first step forward. Let's say they go to a new city or they're going through a difficult time in their life. Maybe a boyfriend, girlfriend just broke up with them, or they just had somebody pass away in their family and they're feeling alone and they want to figure out ways that they can still keep their negative catastrophizing thoughts at bay. I recommend just taking a first step forward and going and trying martial arts. I mean, that was a game changer in my life and that has served to be one of the best decisions I've ever made. I mean, when I was living in the gold coast and a lot of my friends had moved away and their visas expired because in Australia, a lot of foreigners go to Australia in order to get a one year working holiday visa where they can travel Australia, work some jobs. If it's an odd job or if it's a, you know, farming job, a lot of people do that in order to earn a second year opportunity. And they save their money and they travel. And once their visas expire, if they either go home or unfortunately Australia tells them it's their time to leave, that's kind of what happened. And I was like, man, you know, I just finished my master's degree here. I'm working and a lot of my time is being served up professionally. And I was like, man, I got to start working more so into my social life. And 
And then I walked into the amazing Boonchu gym in the Gold Coast, Australia, and I met Wayne and his family and had one of the best experiences of my life. I trained out there for just under three years. And, you know, I came to the U.S. to expand the, the solar business that I was a part of at the time. And that was in March 20th, 2020. So at that same time, I got stuck and oh. Austra Australia closed their borders and said, not nah, you guys can't come back until this whole COVID thing is taken care of. So I've been in limbo ever since. Wow. Trust me. That's oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say that's nuts how you got stuck. Dude, it's I'm been insane. <laughs> yeah, it's been insane. I message Wayne all the time. I'm like, brother, I miss you guys. But, man, it's been a little blessing in disguise as well. Uh, throughout my travels here, I got to train with some absolute legends. I mean, I got to train with Conry and Hoist and Boss nice. Rutten and trained over at Henzo Gracie LA. So, you know, Al and Cortez. And I was, I, in my opinion, they're one of the better gyms, especially if you're new to martial arts or if you want to start martial arts. That's a great place to get started, uh, especially in LA County. Hoist Gracie SoCal as well. If you're looking to make friends, these are two places that serve me very well. Ventura County, Boss Rutten, Elite MMA. And, um, you know, throughout this journey, <laughs> I've literally driven through almost every state in America. I went up to Canada and uh, I was out in British Columbia a little bit. Yeah, I went into the medical marijuana side of things. So I invested into a farm out in uh, British Columbia. Unfortunately, things didn't go as planned. I got locked out throughout the entirety of the process. So, you know, Canada closed their borders as well. And I was able to sneak in in October 2020. That's a crazy story in itself. And, um, well, I was able to drive back up there. Uh, I think it was around September of this of 2021. I uh, spent some time out there. So I was very fortunate to do that. And Mexico, I'm in Brazil. I'm going to be traveling all across South America. And I'm just praying that Australia opens its borders again. I'm getting a little nervous with Omicron. Um, from my understanding, you could still travel to New South Wales, but Queensland, where literally all my stuff is right now at the moment, um, is still a little difficult to be able to get to. So, um, so yeah, man, that's that's been the journey thus far. And and I'd love to hear a little bit more about you, Jeff, in regards to what you see as a few steps moving forward. I mean, what do you see coming abroad throughout your horizons in the next few months? I mean, I'm praying to God that you're all good in regards to COVID and you get the negative tests and you start feeling better as well. But after that, what do you got planned? I most likely have COVID, but uh, I think <laughs> it's the, the, the new variant and it's actually very mild. It's nowhere near as bad as the first one. But anyways, uh, I actually had plans to go to South Africa. Um, thankfully, we did not go and chose <laughs> instead because uh, apparently, I know, actually, I don't know anyone, but I know a friend who knows someone who got stuck or is apparently still stuck in South Africa and Canada's not bringing them back in or not allowing them back in, which is crazy, unheard of for Canada at least, or Canadians. But uh, yeah, they're, they're stuck in South Africa. So <laughs> that sucks. Wow. But, I heard the cases are, are going down and um, yeah, I really want to visit South Africa. Like I said, I used to only want to go to Thailand and Asia, but now I'm, I'm really open-minded to just exploring the world. I want to go to Egypt. I want to go to Middle East. Uh, I really want to go to South Africa. Uh, it's, there's something special about seeing like wild animals 
It's okay. I really want to go to South Africa. Have you been to South Africa? I certainly have, dude. That's one of my favorite places. Where are you? Uh, where are you thinking about going? I can give you a few recommendations. Um, I heard Cape Town is is beautiful, and um, there's a lot of good gyms there. Lots of uh, Gracie gyms as well. Um, I, I personally don't know too much. I just know I want to go see a line. <laughs> I want to go. To- <laughs> <laughs> and, um, with all my traveling, I, I I call it train and travel. But any place I go to is doesn't count unless I train there. So I, I do want to go see animals, but I also want to train and vlog my, tr- my, uh, my training there. Awesome, brother. Awesome. Dude, Cape Town is one of the most underrated places in the world. I mean, in my opinion, that was one city that really stood out to me. And dude, I went there. That was my second experience in Africa. Um, my first real trip to Africa was Senegal. I don't know if you've ever been to Senegal before, or maybe your girlfriend has. Oh, okay. Um, but yes, okay. Beautiful. Yes. Senegal. I was visiting one of my best friends. His name's Chan Young. Um, he helped start Akon Lighting Africa. I don't know if you're familiar with Akon Lighting Africa, uh, the singer rapper Akon, they do large scale commercial solar projects across Africa. They give opportunity to young, inspiring Africans to be able to do, to create positive impact in their communities. And they service areas that don't even have access to general electricity. So they install solar panels, they build schools, they're doing incredible, incredible things. So Chan invited me out there when I was working with him for a little while to come and visit him for New Year's Eve. I had a fantastic time. And long story short, I went out to South Africa to kind of go and explore, shave a few years off my life and have some fun. Uh, Sean and I were working on a few projects at that point in time too. So I went and visited um, a few manufacturers out there in regards to creating new sustainable housing projects. So I started in Cape Town, which dude, I would highly, highly, highly recommend you check out. Um, You would definitely be able to see lions out there. So there's heaps of um, certain safaris that you can go on. They're fairly inexpensive as well. The food really surprised me. And, you know, Cape Town really grew on me, man. And uh, would you um, rate the, the danger level there? Okay. So if you look at me, Right. I mean, let's be honest. Right. Like I I look like a walking ATM to like half of the world. Right. Where they're like, dude, five foot seven on a good day. Like, you know, not the biggest dude in the world. Like they don't obviously martial arts. But, you know, I I walk around with headphones on backpacks. I've done that to a majority of the most dangerous countries in the world. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. There was times where I was looking over my shoulder at. 1 30 in the morning being like uh okay this dude's kind of acting a little sketchy um but cape town in particular if you're if you're following common sense if you're walking around in groups if you take ubers opposed to just taking little taxi roulettes where you just you know hound out or you just go and um ask for random taxis i'd highly recommend doing uber therefore you're hedging a lot of the possibility of having bad things happen um but brother I was actually surprised. I was expecting it to be a lot more unsafe than what I personally experienced. Now, 
I don't know if every person has a similar experience or if I were blessed at that point in time, but uh, I didn't find any difficulty, but I would highly recommend that you do pick more of the tourist areas in um, either Cape Town or I went to a city called Port Elizabeth. Uh And if you've got some time, dude, I would highly recommend it. Um, it's a very coastal city. It's and and outside of Port Elizabeth, there's a place called J Bay and bro, that is a fun town. It's a beach town, great surfing. You know, I mean, for the single guys who are watching this podcast, I would highly recommend checking that out. Cape town as well. Um, but safety wise, I found it okay, but you still got to make sure that you're following common sense, you know? That's good to know because um, my fiance, who's very um, obviously experienced in traveling as well, said the same thing as you. It's, of course, you got to watch your back and just be logical, but it's not as dangerous as people think it is. And I think that scares a lot of people into traveling. For example, I had a friend who was like, you're going to Argentina? You're going to get robbed, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the crime rate is higher than Mexico. Like, no, it's not. But you know, he listens to, to whatever people say, and he's just like, not intentionally scaring me, but trying to scare me. And he's he's someone who doesn't travel often, and he's just like telling me how like Argentina is more dangerous than Mexico, and you're gonna get robbed, and like you, you you shouldn't go there. And it's I went there, and nothing happened. And I'm sure I've never been to Africa, but I'm sure that although crimes do happen and it can be dangerous it's not as bad as what people put out there i completely agree brother and i am so glad that you brought that up because again that is one of the biggest focuses of this podcast is to really try and paint a different picture that you know the world is not all scary and especially to people who catastrophize or the doomsdayers who think oh no i can't leave my hometown because the worst you know situation is going to happen to me yeah dude look at me i've been, you know i i've been to 60 different countries most of which have been like oh my god you're going there, dude, like you're going to get stabbed or you're going to get robbed or you're going to get abducted or you're going to be the next person on the movie Hostel. And it's like, mate, like, don't get me wrong. I've found certain situations where, you know, I've I've gotten robbed, but never at gunpoint, never at like any significantly like dangerous situation where somebody's like putting a knife to me or anything like that. I mean, I've had people come in the hostels and like, you know, I left my phone out while I was drinking and obviously that disappeared. So common sense things were usually exactly where there's personal responsibility there as well. So, you know, if as long as you use common sense, you know, usually you should be okay. And we live in a blessed era where we've got smartphones, we've got access to the internet where people can give advice on what to look out for. And, you know, to the person who is listening or watching this, man, if you're afraid to go to a particular country, if you, if your parents, if your brother or sister or a family member is giving you that fear factor and saying, oh my gosh, the worst thing is going to happen. I would like to push back against that and be like, hey, look, you know, it could happen in your hometown. It could happen in the privileged first world countries. I mean, you know, 
it's crazy, Jeff. I mean, I, I've been through most third world countries and the most danger I've found throughout all of my travels have been in the United States. You know what I mean? Like, exactly, exactly, yeah. Dude, in Miami, I had to, I had to like stop this, this robber who came into my vehicle, took my, my binder and my book bag that literally has my passport, my money, my, my company documents, everything. And dude, I had to like run after her and, and take it back from her. And the cops came and arrested her. And, you know, dude, like, I'm just curious, how, how, how old was this woman? Uh, she was like, I had to be like late twenties, early thirties. I was staying at a hotel in Fort Lauderdale and uh, I just drove my car from Los Angeles to Miami and I was looking to expand my solar business out there. And I just found a new apartment right in uh, sunny Isles beach. It was a super nice place. And I was just looking for a little one-night stay over just somewhere semi-cheap because, again, I'm working in Australian dollars. Find a place, $100 Aussie. It had three stars on Booking.com. And uh, I go, I crash, and it's like 8.30 at night. I'm Skyping my girlfriend, and the fire alarm randomly goes off. And I'm just like, oh, mate, come on, dude. So the fire alarm continues going off. It's about 10 minutes, and... Just to paint a little picture, I'm literally wearing my suit minus a jacket, right? So like professional <laughs> dress shirt, you know, all my 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 suit pants, you know, you know, uh, dress shoes, belt, the whole shebang. And I'm like, all right, man, I'm gonna kill some time. This thing isn't shutting up. So I walk downstairs, and there's this like lady just eyeing me, and I can kind of see on like the side of my eye, just kind of be like, okay. So I'm walking to my car. And this girl goes right around the other side. I get in my car and she just gets into my passenger seat, sits down and just stares at me in this like zombie, like cracked out stare. And I could tell she was on drugs. I look at her. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, can you get out of my car, please? Like, who are you? She stares at me. She looks down, sees my book bag, grabs it, runs. Gets out of my car and runs. Now, I'm in my car, seatbelt on, and, you know, I have the presence of mind to look over my shoulder to be like, okay, is somebody going to come around, like, you know, <laughs> the driver's side and, like, point a gun at me and be like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. So a few <laughs> seconds go by, and, bro, I get out of my car. I'm running after this girl. I'm like, stop, stop, stop. And this chick is just, like, running faster, right? <laughs> So, like, finally, like, I get up to her, and, bro, I just swan dive, like, <laughs> like onto her back, get her on the ground, take my book bag, and I'm, like, trying to call the cops at the same time to be like, no, 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 no you're not going anywhere. Uh-huh. So, she, uh, she starts walking away. I'm filming her. I call the police, and police come, right? They're super, super cool. And I show them the video of the girl. I was like, this person just tried robbing me. And they're like, oh, yeah, this happens all the time. And as a matter of fact, we actually know her. She, unfortunately, oh. has a drug problem. I was like, oh, damn, dude, that's that's messed up. Like, I I feel bad. Like, that's not the first time we've seen her. So I'm like, all right, well, look, officers, I'm, I'm willing to cooperate in any way, shape, or form. So they leave, take the report get my car and i'm like dude i am not staying here right like could you imagine like maybe she's gonna come back like key my brand new car like you know like all right 
I'm going to go to a nice courtyard, something like that. And then I'll go and move to my next part into the apartment. <laughs> so I pull out of that hotel and within literally 30 seconds of driving, I see all these flashing lights in the middle of the road. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. And all the cars are all on, you know, pulled over in the same female cop who had just taken my report literally like shows up in front of my car points at me and she goes over there right and there's a walgreens right next door uh-huh. and i was like okay i rolled on my window i was like what's going on she's like nick we think we have the woman who just tried uh robbing you in uh-huh. custody we need you to identify her so i'm like oh, done absolutely uh-huh. so i pull over into the walgreens and bro there is this dude who's got like a nice truck who's who's parked right next to me and he's freaking out he is freaking out i go to him like i was like bro what's wrong like you okay man like he's like man some lady <laughs> just went in the back of my truck tried stealing my 800 dollars tools uh-huh. i caught her punched her in the face <laughs> i'm like right and she's laying that she's like laid out on the middle of the road right now and uh the cop told us that we have to go and identify her so i'm like wow i was like bro i just got robbed too like you know what a coincidence like this is like 300 meters down the road yeah so so the cop comes back right she uh she's like all right nick we need you to identify this chick and i was like sounds good officer and she puts me in the back of the car. I'm like taking selfies and like live Instagram videos, just being like, yeah, right. Like I didn't imagine this would be my first time in the back of a cop car. And, and, and the cops laughing, like she was super, super cool. And um, long story short, they're like, all right, Nick, we need you to identify this girl. She's like being seen by the ambulance. And like, she finally gets like taken out and bro she looked like she had just went through an exorcism like she was rough so i was like all right identified her and long story short she actually got sentenced to i think it was like 13 months in prison it was something oh, heavy. Really? Wow. yeah so so that was my little experience over in uh the u.s yeah, and I had to kind of <laughs> play, you know, run after a, a robber, which I never thought would have happened. Yeah. And, and dude, only in America, right? Yeah. What an experience. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, dude, but, but Jeff, I wanted to ask you just so we can kind of wrap this up. We're, we're running a little bit short in time. Mm-hmm. So, Walk me through a little bit of your future aspirations as well. I know that you're currently vlogging and you're still doing your YouTube channel. You're traveling around, which is super badass. What are some other things that might be coming up in the future for Jeff? Um, a lot of people ask me when my next fight is. Um, yep. I am signed with one championship and we are unfortunately stuck in negotiations. Uh, thankfully, fighting is not my number one goal or even a goal that's really up there. Uh, one of my main goals is just to continue coaching and to growing the channel and just being a martial artist. And uh, now that I have this new passion of training and traveling, I just want to continue doing that. And I'm very envious of you, 66 countries. That's amazing. Uh, I want to Thank you, brother. continue traveling and uh, just open my eyes and learn and experience, you know? Um in terms of future plans, uh, the close, the, the next thing is I just bought a new house in Calgary, so I'm waiting for that to be built. 
And awesome, uh, brother. That's sick. If you ever do make your way to Banff, because I don't know if you like mounds, but uh, if you do make your way there, it'll let me know. You can stay at my place. Um, oh, thank you, brother. But, but yeah, um, that's the next little project or whatever you want to call it, the next thing. And then after that, well, who knows? Who knows? Maybe uh, it'll be safer to go to Africa by then. Um, <laughs> maybe not. But I do want to continue traveling. Beautiful, Actually, brother. I want to host another training travel camp. That's something that I've been really itching to do. Unfortunately, um, it's very difficult to travel. And yeah, you know, it's hard to host a camp right now. Absolutely. Opening. But. Dude. Dude, I'm actually going to be heading up to Canada in probably the end of March. So, uh, my move is supposed to be is supposed to be finished building in March, but there's going to be a delay, so it might be April. But do message me and let me know. I will, brother. I will. My girlfriend, she's uh, she's going to be a student up in Vancouver. Okay. Um, and I spent a lot of time, especially over in the Kootenays, and I spent a lot of time throughout Kelowna and Penticton. Um, I'm, I'm actually in the medical marijuana industry, and I, uh, I love spending a lot of time out there. So um, I'm looking to get up there closer to March and April, so that might actually vibe, okay. and it might work out quite well. Cool. And um, Dude, if, if you have any intentions of coming over back to the States at all, I don't know if you spend much time in Los Angeles. Do you ever train much over I've in LA? I've never been to Los Angeles, and I've not spent much time in the States, actually. that's I, I do want to go. I just just don't know. I never uh, haven't been there much. <laughs> Brother, I hope you make that little voyage. And if you do, I'd love to introduce you to uh, one of my very, very close friends. His name is Dr. Jason Park. I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Jason Park. He's uh, a Muay Thai coach for Brian Ortega, Anderson Silva. He's worked with some of the biggest guys out there. And uh, I think you two would have a lot of synergy together, man. I would love to see you two pair up. He does a lot of seminars as well. And, um, you know, if you ever do any of those travel camps, man, he'd be a great guy to hit up. And uh, I could see the two of you guys masterminding something amazing. So if you ever make it out to L.A., I'd love to hook you up with him. L.A., I'll definitely hit you up with five. There's a lot of people that I've been meaning to meet up with if I ever go to L.A. So, um, yeah, I I definitely got to head up to L.A. Beautiful. Well, Jeff, I've got one last question for you. This is a question that I ask everybody on my podcast. Uh-huh. If there is one thing that you would like to be remembered for, what would it be? It's a hard one, I know. <laughs> uh, if there's one thing I want to be remembered by, um, would be someone who has inspired and motivated them to uh, – continue doing whatever it is they're doing or start whatever it is they want to do, um, more specifically martial arts, because that's something that I have done in the past. I've received several comments and messages telling me that, hey, Jeff, you inspired me to get back into training or you inspired me to do this and that. And I didn't know until they messaged me because I don't think of myself as anybody special. I just think of myself as a regular martial artist. And that's the, that's the truth, you know? Just because I have a decent amount of followers doesn't make me anybody special. I'm just a regular guy who coaches and loves martial arts and sharing the knowledge. And when I receive all these comments and messages telling me that I've, I've got them back into training and I've changed our life or I've changed our mindset, it's a very rewarding feeling. And that signals to me that I'm whatever I'm doing is effective and worth continuing to do.
Amazing, brother. As a matter of fact, dude, you inspire me. I love your content. I love your channel. I love seeing you get outside of your comfort zone and traveling. And I can tell that you're serving a significant amount of inspiration to a lot of other people. So keep doing what you're doing, brother. If there's any way, shape, or form that I can help you, I got your back. And dude, if Australia starts opening up where traveling is not going to be such a headache and we can get you out to the Gold Coast, we'd love to have you. I know we'd love to have you at Boon Chu. And uh, man, it'd be a sick time. I actually really want to go to Africa, um, not Africa, Australia as well. And um, yes. maybe the borders will open and we both can go at the same time because apparently you've been stuck, right? So, uh, yeah. Dude, we'll have a sick time. We'll party a lot. I'll show you some interesting places in the Gold Coast. We'll go to Boon Chu. You can watch Wayne beat the shit out of me. And, dude, <laughs> it'll be a sick time, brother. So I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks again for having me. All right, Jeff. You too, brother. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. And uh, till next time. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Get Lost with Nick Hefty. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with all your friends. And make sure to tune back next week where we have another epic episode for you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.